0: When planning the road to success, there are a few steps to keep in mind. Identifying and solving the cause, facing and embracing change, goal setting, and being accountable. We'll talk about this today on Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. New and healthier habits lead to prosperity in all areas of your life and business. Now, here's your host, Chris Salem.
1: Well, welcome everybody. Hope everyone's having a great week. We are so excited that Sustainable Success is continuing to grow, even after all this time we've been on the airwaves here, or in this case, the internet airwaves, for the last five and a half years. Thanks to all of you that tune in each and every week the Sustainable Success way. We are committed to your success, whether it's in your business or personal journey in your success patterns. Again, if you have any questions in regards to how you can move forward in your business, feel free to reach out to us here at Voice America Influencers Channel or directly to me at chris at christophersalem.com. Our show is being brought to you today by Alumni Direct. They are a new social media community platform dedicated to bringing alumni together from all different generational types, an opportunity to rekindle old relationships and perhaps meet new people for the first time. It takes all the noise out of social media and a great way to ge- uh, uh, contact people to have genuine, authentic connections where you can share content of interest with each other. It's also a membership program where it offers a wide variety of different uh, member uh, membership programs where you could tap into different things that you normally would not have access to as a business owner at great rates. Feel free to check them out at alumnidirect.com. That's alumnidirect.com. We also encourage all of you to keep following us on Facebook, at Sustainable Success 2017, again, we have all of our past shows all on there where you can listen to anytime, where you can tap into any of the content that resonates with you with many of the subject matter experts that we've had on over the years. Well, we have a, we're going to have a great show for you today. We're going to be talking about, in every belief is a lie. And I am so excited to have this person on who I've had the opportunity to get to know over the last year and a half. Uh, she just published a book, uh, matter of fact, the same title, uh, which, which we're going to be talking about, In Every Belief is a Lie, and you're going to get to have a chance to know where to get your hands on that book a little bit later here in the show. But we're going to be talking uh, with uh, Lisa Shermerhorn, and she has over 20 years of experience as a transformational leader, award-winning speaker, and international best-selling author of the book, In Every Belief is a Lie. And again, it just came out not too long ago. She, uh, she's an expert in the fields of human behavior, leadership, and personal development. She's also trained in the winner's mindset with Bob Reese, the former head trainer for the New York Jets, and helped a professional golfer win golfer of the year. Lisa was the VP of business development for an innovative startup company using virtual reality to help clients with pain reduction, memory loss, and stress reduction. As a certified hypnotherapist and a master practitioner of neurolinguistic Programming or NLP. She helps entrepreneurs and high performers where they are to where they desire to be much faster than conventional coaches. She has trained as a why coach, helping people discover the why based on Simon Sinek's Know Your Why. Lisa not only helps individuals discover their why, but she also helps people discover the why of their business and how to use it in your branding. And without further ado, we welcome Lisa. Shermerhorn to the show. Lisa, how are you doing?
2: I'm awesome. Thank you so much for having me. This is such an honor.
1: Oh, we are so excited to have you on and and again, congratulations to you know, you know, bestseller status and across several different categories with this book. And so let's talk a little bit about, you know, you know, around the topic, you know, in you know, and every belief is a lie. you know, so a lot of times people might say, well, wait a minute, there's a lie and it's something I believe in. And so if you could maybe provide maybe a little foundation or backstory to that, to kind of uh, enlighten the listeners, I think it would really connect very well.
2: At first, I want to thank you again, because I don't know if your listeners know that I asked you to write the forward to my book, because uh, you were such an inspiration to me. And I know that we think a lot alike around the whole mindset category, and you really helped me get into the space of launching this and having the confidence in finally sitting down. This book was 20 years in the making. Uh, So when I talk about uh, in every belief is a lie, I invite people to consider our own programming from birth until about 21, or if you believe Dr. Bruce Lipton, who talks about the fact that most people are fully programmed by the time they're seven. As an expert in the subconscious mind, we live in and out of five different main brain frequencies. So when we're born, we're in the state of delta, and delta is this big, deep um wave and it's think about what a newborn has to learn. It's it's extraordinary what they take in. And part of what they're learning is they're get they're learning emotions, they're learning feelings, they're learning color, language of uh, taste all their senses then when we move into elementary school age you're going into theta which is another deep uh, brain wave so all of the information that we get at those young age are in the ages are imprinting into us things that are religion um, belief systems around money some really incredible major belief systems that impact us throughout our life and oftentimes impact us unconsciously because those beliefs are running us and we don't even have access to that. I I, I invite people to think about, if you were to draw a circle and imagine it a lens and think about all the things that made you, you, your religion, your socioeconomic status, Where you went to school? Were you a good student? Were you an athlete? Um, Did you experience any trauma? Uh, You're influenced by your teachers, your peers. So all of these things are in a lens. If you write all that down, would you imagine that someone else had the exact same lens that you did? And the answer is no. So we all see the world through a different lens. And because of that, as we're seeing things from a different lens, we all have different perspectives. And I will see something, there, there's a parable of, um, called uh, the six blind men and the elephant where each of the these blind men are touching a different part of the elephant. And you have one at the trunk and says, this is a giant hose. And then you have another one that's at the uh, one of the legs and then you have someone else at the tail, it's a rope, and then someone else is, is feeling the side, it's a giant wall, and they're arguing amongst each other about, you know, they're right. And then a wise man comes up and says, you're all right, because you're all getting a piece of the truth. You don't have the full picture. And, and I use the example of, you know, for example, the news. You have one person who's watching MSNBC, another person watching CNN, and another person who watches Fox. Every single person who's watching the news thinks they're getting the truth. Well, how can that be if they're all getting different information? So all of them are getting some of the truth, and some of the truth is missing. And it's important to figure out what your own truth is.
1: I I love what you just said, your own truth. I mean, I think about it, you know, Lisa, I mean, so many people, when you talk about that, they get caught up a lot of times in, from what they're, what they're receiving from the outside, right? You know, it it could be somebody else's truth or somebody else's belief, somebody else's values. I know for me growing up for the first three years of my life, I was operating from my, my father's values and, and beliefs. Because I, I was seeking his validation, didn't even know this at the time. This is all in hindsight, but seeking your own truth. I mean, I mean, when people hear that, they're like, "Yeah, I I I do that." But but are they really doing that? Are they really seeking their truth?
2: Well, I- exactly. Uh, and and using that example about your father is a perfect example. Uh, when you think about someone who's born into a family and automatically the culture and food is brought in yeah. then you have religion or no religion both of those impact you in a big way and if you're born into a very religious family then the way you dress what you eat who you marry who your friends are the type of education is all dictated by your by your religion there's so many things that impact you and then culture within cultures I always find it so fascinating when I talk to people from around the world and how they're raised and how some cultures value education as everything. Some cultures value work ethic and getting out there and helping support the family. And all of those things impact us. A big one is money mindset. And I know, you know, you, you talk about that as well. I'll ask a group, Uh, you know who here wants to make a million dollars a year and everyone will raise their hand and then I'll have a big picture of a mansion and I'll ask people tell me about the people who live in this mansion and I always laugh because people start in with the, they hate each other they're getting a divorce their kids hate them the kids are on drugs they can't afford to heat the house and then I ask people if you believe that people with money are that miserable then why would you ever attract it Yeah. And then we have this subconscious part of us that will continue to sabotage ourselves over and over again, because there's this part of us that says, if I get money and I get what I what I think I want, my life is going to fall apart. So we will unconsciously sabotage ourselves, get ourselves fired. Um, Suddenly, you know, something will happen in our lives and it's all unconscious it's such a fascinating process to observe.
1: Yeah. So, so true. I love what you just shared there. And so what would be like, you know, uh, when you're talking about, you know, truth and finding that truth and, and, you know, if we're going to make changes in our, in our lives and our careers, you know, a lot of times, cause again, people might, you know, have these, these beliefs that they've had growing up and now they're they don't realize that that that's impacting the energy that can be repelling everything that they say they're looking to attract but it's not happening can you talk a little bit about that in terms of how a lot of times what we are the way we're thinking whether it's subconscious or a combination thereof is getting in our way
2: exactly exactly yes but before before i talk about that i also want to let people know we can inherit beliefs
1: Oh yes, please share with that. I yeah. know you do, but past life stuff. I know you, you've had that. I'd love to hear that.
2: Well, the past, audience would
1: love to hear that,
2: right? There's past life stuff where you can come in if there's a trauma that happens in a previous life, if you believe in reincarnation. And there are people who who have studied, and I've studied with Brian Weiss, who's written many best-selling books about it. He talks about the fact that how you know how do you know that there's such a thing as past lives. And he said, we don't, but whenever we actually address uh, and go into uh, experience a past life, there's always a healing. If if there was a trauma or something that was left, so let's say someone died uh, uh, quickly and didn't have a chance to process the death, uh, or there was some kind of a fear or, or anxiety that happened, you can have those phobias and fears come in in this lifetime. Another thing that we that happens is we can inherit, there's a science of this, it's fascinating, called epigenetics, where you can inherit belief systems from a great-great-grandparent. Let's say you have a relative, an, an ancestor going back generations, or, or they experienced the Holocaust or the Great Depression, and they suddenly believe that they can't trust people or money is hard to get, there's a whole scarcity belief system around that. You inherit that belief and then that runs you and and you don't even know it's there or why it's there. You end up on this hamster wheel doing the same thing over and over again, not understanding where it comes from. You could go into talk therapy for 20 years and never access that information because it's not in your conscious mind. They actually did studies on mice where they had them smell this particular smell and then they would shock them every time they smelled that smell. Their grand pups, whenever they smelled the smell, would run without being shocked. That's part of evolution. That's how we grow. We also inherit the courage these beautiful talents and skills. That's why you have musicians that get passed down into the family. You have that skill or, or artists or great leaders that get passed down through the generation. So it's not all bad, but it's something to be aware of, especially when you see patterns within a family. And, and what I, what I learned to do is because I, as a child, uh, I had minor learning disabilities. And I started kindergarten a year early. So everyone in class was reading. They knew their alphabet. They were doing their numbers. I was completely lost. And then it started this whole, um, this whole ro- you know, downward spi- spiral of me going to summer school every summer, believing that I was stupid because I was really struggling in school and I thought that I had nothing to offer. I didn't understand who I was and what I had to contribute because grades were everything. Got married young, had my children. At the age of 38, I had a mental breakdown because I was suddenly lost, I didn't know who I was and I was really struggling. I went to conventional therapy two to three days a week, and nothing was shifting and changing. I saw a woman speak, and she was a hypnotist. And someone had suggested, why don't I go see her? And I was like, don't those people make people quack, quack like ducks? (laughs) I I was like, I don't know, I'm really skeptical about this. I was desperate, and I figured I'd give it a shot. So I did, and it changed my life. And I I went to this woman and I just said, I want to do what you do. I want to train in everything that you've trained in. So I went off to study all these different techniques. One of the things that I went on to study that I use a lot is called the emotional release method. Mm. And I met this man, uh, Dr. Al Tatarunas, a Renaissance man. Uh, He has his doctorate from Harvard University, is a ponytail. I met him at the age of 88. He was still working. He's 94 (laughs) now. Yeah, he's 94 now. He's a musician. He still composes music. Uh, He wears a ponytail and drives a Mercedes convertible. (laughs) Um, I just instantly fell in love with this man. And he said, you know, I would like to take you under my wing and train you. He taught me this technique that when you have these beliefs, if you were to close your eyes, you could actually feel those sensations in your body. And then there are these simple lines, verses that you repeat to release these from you. And then you get to neutral. So the idea is to take the charge, the emotional charge out of what's going on so you can see it for what it truly is. Because when we get triggered, we stop hearing, we don't see the truth, we just react. React. Right? So when you remove the emotion from it, then you can see it for what it truly is and then make a decision. Mm. And that was so empowering. And these are really simple tools. And I use this with my golfers, especially, and they use it while they are golfing. And no one knows. They can release they can release these beliefs or they're struggling in their mind while they're doing it. And it's a simple few lines of, should I let it go? Yes. Could I let it go? Yes. When now, and those lines changed my life and, and to help people really go deeper um, when they're having trouble releasing, because some people don't know who they are without certain beliefs. And they're hard because people will say, Well, yes, I'm a victim. That happened to me. And and not, I don't want to, for me. Yeah. And not for me. And I don't want to forgive them because, you know, I don't want them to be exonerated for what they did.
1: Yeah. Well, wow, this is powerful, well, Lisa, what you share, because that is so true. And I listeners, I you know, I hope you're taking notes because you know, I I highly encourage everyone listening to listen to this again on demand later here today. There's a lot of key nuggets here that Lisa is providing you. And this is very important in terms of how we can change our thinking. So we got more to come with Lisa here and every belief is a lie. We have to go to break, but when we come right back, we got more to come.
0: Again, that's 1-866-472-5795 or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success.
1: Well, welcome back. We're talking about In Every Belief is a Lie. We're here with Lisa Shermerhorn And if you're just joining us again, you can listen to this show in its entirety. And again, we welcome you here to Sustainable Success if this is your first time here. And uh, we are talking about In Every Belief, there is a lie and, or is a lie. So Lisa, you had talked about some great points in terms of, you know, determining our truth and some of the things and how we can really tap into that. A lot of times we don't realize our communication, our behavior, our attitude, our emotions, our actions that sometimes can project onto other people, whether if that's in a good way or not in a good way. Can you talk about that from, from your, your expertise and you know, what you've you know immersed yourself over the years into this particular area?
2: One of the greatest lessons that I learned is that we take our unprocessed, unhealed traumas and beliefs, and we project them on other people when it's unhealed and when it's unconscious. For instance, when we meet someone and we get triggered by them and we don't like them at all, I immediately stop and go, what is it inside of me that I don't like about me that this person is triggering? What gift is this person giving me? And I've learned to do that. That was not an easy task. And and one, one thing that happens in relationships, especially marriages, is we can often come together and become wound mates instead of love mates. So we become attracted to other people based on similar wounds. And then we go into these relationships expecting to heal that. And it has nothing to do with that person. It has to do with something that happened as a child, usually from a dysfunctional mother wound or a father wound. And we start going through projecting all of the stuff from our childhood, all our pain onto that other person. They don't stand a chance. Mm -hmm. They really don't. And, and what I've learned is once I I heal that, once I've released that, then I'm neutral and that person doesn't trigger me anymore. And it's a fascinating process between releasing those old wounds and healing them, uh, which which changes and shifts your relationship. Um, Dr. Al, who I mentioned previously, he he exemplified this to such a degree um, where he talked about how releasing the emotions and being in a neutral place. He called me one day and he said, uh, my daughter fell in the T in Boston, that's the subway and smacked her head and she's hemorrhaging and they don't know if she's going to survive the night. He said to me, I sat up for hours and then I thought, How is is worrying about her helping her? And he said, I decided it wasn't. So I released it so that I could become neutral so that when she needs me, I can be in a place to be able to respond and talk to the doctors. And that was so powerful. I don't know that I could have the capability of being able to do that at that degree. But that's how powerful getting to a state of neutrality can be in relationships is just be able to observe and be curious why is this person acting the way they do and and oftentimes it's about being hurt and and i had someone who was emailing me constantly and they were worried about me and instead of reacting i i responded and i just said thank you for loving me that much and it stopped them Mm -hmm. because I honor the fact that someone loves me that much that they're concerned about me. I don't have to agree with their opinion, but I honor it. And yeah. the the other thing that I find is really important is forgiveness. And forgiveness is one of the most important tools that you can learn. And, and it's not about someone being exonerated for what they did. On the contrary, they have their own karma that they're going to have to deal with. I always believe that what goes around comes around. But why do you have to carry it? And and that was the one one thing that I realized that when you carry resentment, one of my favorite quotes is by carrying resentment you're swallowing a poison pill expecting the other person to die. And and it's like walking around with a giant backpack full of bowling balls and and it's exhausting when you put those those bowling balls down you free yourself up because that person has their work to do and if you go into the state of compassion and realize that maybe that person is just doing the best they can with what they have that may not be a good thing for you but i like to go into a place that everyone is coming from their best place mm-hmm. and that doesn't and and your best one day is different than the, the, your best the next day. Yeah. For instance, you know, Saturday night, you've been out drinking. Your best on Sunday is not going to be the same as your best on Monday, but it's still your best.
1: <laughs> it's your best at that time, right? Exactly. Under the circumstances.
2: Exactly. Exactly. So the power of forgiveness and especially forgiving yourself. Um, and and that was part of what also helped open me up to writing my book. I got involved with a, a group that was doing something called the Ho'oponopono. It's an ancient Hawaiian prayer that's, that um, Dr. Joe Vitale wrote a book called Zero Limits about. And it changed my life. And, and in part of it, uh, he talks about reading this article about this doctor who had a number of people in, uh, it was a, a, a branch of a prison in Hawaii that was for the criminally insane. And they kept having, they couldn't keep people there. They couldn't keep guards. Things were so out of control and they couldn't keep therapists and they were legally obligated to have a therapist. So they approached him to hire him. And uh, he said, I'll only work there if uh, I don't see any patients, I just see their files and they're like you're nuts and they then they were so desperate 6 months later they hired him and they noticed that over time the the population was leaving and and people were either going back into the conventional prison population or they were going to a mental health facility and they were like what were you doing he was doing this whole oponopono prayer and clearing on a, on these people and i thought Why not try this for myself? And the lie that I had taught myself was that I wasn't smart. The lie I had taught myself that was deeply ingrained from the time that I was a child that I had nothing to offer that was unique or special because what do I have to say that hasn't already been said before? So writing this book, I would sit in front of a blank page for hours and nothing would come out. When I forgave myself, it cleared the way to allow all that information to come in. If you think about it, when 80% of your thoughts are going to negative thoughts, it's only allowing you to be at 20% of your capacity. Mm. When I cleared out all of those belief systems, it was like a highway that had all of these boulders and the forgiveness and the letting go move the boulders and When I will tell you, when you you believe in the law of attraction, the title came, the information came flooding through me. I was getting asked to speak when I wasn't even pursuing these. Like people were coming to me. My book hit bestseller in one week. It's been insanity. And, And I'm so grateful. And I know that it wouldn't have happened if I hadn't released all those belief systems. Yeah. And forgiven myself.
1: I love that. What you just said, Lisa, because that is so powerful because people hear that word. Yeah, I forgive myself or I forgive others, whatever the case may be. But just because you say it doesn't mean you did it right. You know, and because it, it, it's in the body, it could be it's in the subconscious. It, it's it's something that you got to really pull out. You know, it, like it's like I guess it's like cancer, right? You can remove the tumor but if there's right. still cells behind, it's still there.
2: Exactly. And the way you you know that it's healed is when you're neutral, when you're no longer triggered. And you know, I'll have someone say something to me and I'm like that's your opinion. If if they say something to me that triggers me, I'm like, "Oh, I know I worked on that, but there's another layer." Because how many times you probably have this I already worked on that. Why is that coming up again? <laughs> <laughs> I already forgave them or so I thought, and you're right. It's deep in the unconscious. It's embedded in our belief systems and and we can say in the mind the key is to go into the heart because the heart is connected to the soul where where are all of our deep-rooted beliefs are and who we are as a human being. And and I always say when you speak from your heart that's everything. People will hear you. When you pretend to be something that you're not because you put a mask up, it's like and and, and nothing to I'm just using this as a metaphor. I like car salesmen, but the old idea of the metaphor of the used car salesman with the, you know, with this big smile and, you know, hi, people can feel it. People can know that you're being authentic or not. And you'll attract people who match that same vibration. So if you're not being authentic, you're going to attract people who aren't. And then you're going to keep reinforcing the fact that you can't trust people or people aren't nice to you. When you allow yourself to be vulnerable, and Brene Brown talks about this a lot, is that vulnerability in business because you need to create trust because business is all about relationships. And relationships are everything, creating trust and relationships. And one of the things that I love to do is I'm a connector. I'm always like, oh, you should meet Chris. And Chris, you should meet so-and-so. I'm always. And if I can't help someone, I'm always sending them to to someone else. It's very important. I can't be the be-all, end-all to everyone. And I always make sure that I do what's best for the people I work with because that's the most important thing to me.
1: Yeah. And you are a t- true testament to that, Lisa. You, 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 you're the example and you're very resourceful, you know, so that, you know, really creates valuable impact onto others, you know, and and sharing your experience like you have here, you know, being vulnerable and sharing your experience. It, it's so true. I love the the forgiveness thing. And what do you if somebody's listening to this right now and saying, "Hey, you know, I thought I forgave, but yet I'm still having these blocks." And what would you suggest they they do to you know maybe to make confirm? because you may, you said you'll know when you forgive when you when when you feel this way. What would you recommend that somebody that it maybe is getting there but that hasn't reached that true level of forgiveness? What would be
2: well, the whole pono pono prayer and you can look it up online. Uh, and say this prayer i what i did was i started out with an index card for each person or each circumstance and i had a stack next to my bed about this thick and what i did was i would take each card out and i would say that hoopono prayer over and over again until i no longer had a charge about it and when it didn't charge me anymore i would just rip it up and and put it away until that deck of that till that stack of index cards disappeared always working on myself always forgiving myself uh we don't need to beat ourselves up we're we're really good at that but if we always say to ourselves we're doing the best we can with what we have and stop punishing ourselves we're going to go a lot farther in life and and we also struggle in this life because we don't know who we are. It's so easy. How many times has someone described you in a beautiful way that brings you to tears and you're like, "Wow, they saw that in me?" "Wow, they I didn't see that." And and one of the reasons why I became certified in the why coaching was it really helped um it really helped me figure out who I am. Uh, this fellow Gary Sanchez uh, went on and saw, saw um, uh, Simon Sinek speak and talk about the importance of knowing your why. And Gary went up to him and said, I need to figure out my why. I'm so excited. I want to learn. And Simon said, I don't help people find their why. I just tell them why it's important. Gary went on to research for 10 years, discovered that there's nine why's. When I took the Y test and discovered that my why is challenge, I challenge conventional thinking. I think outside the box. And knowing that when you're a challenge personality as a kid growing up, you're the, uh, the outlier, you're that different kid. You're the one who likes to dress differently, do their hair differently, learns differently. And that can be really hard because you don't fit in, which compounds everything. Once I discovered that that was my gift and that's what I brought to the table, I owned it. And it it just took me to another notch. And, and it also helped me understand that not everyone is going to understand me and that that was okay. And so that became a gift for me. And there's so many beautiful whys out there. There's better way and and better way people are visionary and make sense as people who take complex information and break it down and help make sense. That's my, what we call my, our why operating system. So my why is challenge, my, uh, how I do it is better way. And I help make sense. And in my book. I spoke to a friend of mine who's a clinical psychologist who was trained at Harvard and she said, Lisa, you took these really complex, um, you know, concepts and broke it down into really easy to understand bite sized chunks of information and you gave them tools so that they could do it themselves. And I'm still working out the QR codes, but I've put some videos together that will help people um, do some of this work at home. Because I want people to have these tools. If you're if you're in a state of anxiety and stress, um, breathe really deep breathing. Uh, it's really important. We have the vagus nerve, and and if you take a deep belly breath, that will. Instantly put you into a state of relaxation. It will calm your nervous system down.
1: Wow, that's so great! Okay. So, Liz, we have one minute till the until our break. I'd like to see if you could sum up with an impact statement what you talked about. Again, our projections onto others for what we're you know maybe mirroring and the power of forgiveness at the deepest level.
2: All right, that's a mouthful.
1: Yeah, <laughs> really well, even, even, just, even just why it doesn't have to be all that. Well, know.
2: well, here's here's the thing, and I'll use this as an, as, as an example um, in my own life. When in, As my marriage was winding down, I was so busy pointing my finger at him and blaming him for all of my problems. And I read this book that changed my life, that it was in, in uh, The New Rules of Marriage by Terence Reel. And you don't have to be married to read this book. It talks about relationships. And what I realized is that as I was pointing my finger at him, I had three fingers pointing back at me. And I had to learn to take responsibility for my part in the relationship. It wasn't all him. It never is. It takes two.
1: Yeah. So true. So true. No matter, even if, you know, if something, you know, is in more on that end, we always play a part in some way. We have to be accountable for our role and duties in that in that particular situation so 100% agree well we got more to come and every belief is a lie with Lisa Schirmerhorn we got to go to break but when we come right back we got more to really bring this more to light that allow you to start making those changes in your life and in your business we'll be right back after the break
0: Now, back to Sustainable Success. Well, welcome
1: back. We're here talking about In Every Belief is a Lie with Lisa Schirmerhorn. Uh, Today's show is being brought to you today by Alumni Direct. Again, Alumni Direct is a new social media community platform dedicated to bringing alumni together from all different generational types, an opportunity to rekindle old relationships, and meet new people for the first time. Again, this is a platform that takes all the noise out of social media and an opportunity to come in on your time without the notifications and to build those solid relationships feel free to reach out to them at alumnidirect.com. that's alumni direct.com. if you're just joining us you can listen to this show in its entirety here later today here on voice america we highly encourage you as lisa has shared valuable insights into this particular area in terms of our mindset and how it impacts the law of attraction how it shows up in our uh, in our money situations, our relationships, our business, and the list goes on. Lisa, I know you have done some miraculous things in the past. I know you've you've done a fire walk, you've walked on glass, and all these things that most people probably have not even thought of or even considered doing. Can you talk <laughs> about that experience and what it really the impact it had on you and how you look at life and how you do life and and do business.
2: Well, as I just said, I talked about the challenge personality. (laughs) We (laughs) like to make things crazy in our own lives. Uh, As I I spoke earlier, I was in a 29-year marriage. And as my ex-husband and I started to really go into slump, we tried the last 10 years of our marriage. We went to five different marriage counselors. We really tried to make it work. And as I saw us going in different directions, One of my greatest fears in my life was a fear of being alone. And the second most thing I was afraid of was walking on fire. I had been studying with a woman who said to me that she had just got trained by the Sundor Firewalk Institute, who also Tony Robbins uses uh, to train people to actually facilitate firewalking. And she asked me if I would be interested in the week-long training, and I thought to myself, I'm not interested in actually facilitating firewalk, uh, but I know that I have something that I need to overcome, and this is going to push me to my limits, and I'm going to give it a shot, and I was compelled to do it. We arrived Sunday night, uh, and this went till the following Saturday, and our instructor informed us that that week we were going to be breaking arrows from the soft part of our throat. We were going to bend rebar, 10 foot piece of rebar from our throat. We would be walking four feet of broken glass, and we would be walking seven to 10 feet of red hot coals every night. We'd be learning how to prepare what type of woods to use because believe it or not, different woods burn hotter than others. So you really have to know what you're doing when you select the type of wood. And to graduate, we had to walk 40 feet of red-hot coals. I immediately went into a meltdown. I felt sorry for the people who were in the class with me because I went into a four... I became a four-year-old, and I had a temper tantrum. I was like, I'm going to die. My feet are going to be amputated. I'm going to burn them. I'm going to end up in the hospital. How is this possible? And... I literally all week, I I was so focused on the 40 feet at the end of the week that I didn't even have time or energy to be afraid of any of the other stuff all week. I was snapping arrows at my throat. I, I bent the rebar and I walked on the broken glass, which the video is on my LinkedIn profile. And you got to watch it till the end because it's really funny at the very end. It was actually my favorite part of the week, because believe it or not, when you walk on broken glass, it's the most present you'll ever be, because you literally have to see the bottom of your feet and feel every single thing. And you actually have the choice of moving the glass around. So you're not just walking flat foot on it. It's very deliberate and very slow. Um, It was one of the most empowering experiences of my life. When we got to the final fire walk that Saturday, I almost had a breakdown right before. I I, I didn't know that I was actually going to be able to do it. Everyone had gone, and I was last. And one of the people in my class asked me how much fire I had walked that week. said, well, we've been walking, you know, for five, six days. And he said, exactly. And how much fire was that? Oh, at least seven to 10 uh, feet each night. He said, you have already walked over 40 feet of fire this week. This should be a piece of cake. Go. And something in my brain switched. And I just literally floated over the coals. I didn't feel a thing. I didn't burn myself. I got to the other side and they had a bell we had to ring when we got to the other side. And literally everyone in my class, including the instructor, just stood there with their jaws open because they couldn't believe that I actually did it. And I didn't believe it either. My feet were warm. Um, they had still taken on the heat of it. I had flip-flops on and I remember driving home that Saturday Uh with the air conditioning blowing on my feet and uh, i i got home and i actually had such a shift because i had the courage to say to my ex-husband we need to talk about our relationship we need to start to really create a dialogue dialogue and three months later he asked for the divorce but i had initiated that conversation and was i terrified to be on my own yes but I have also known that whatever I'm afraid of, that's what I have to face. And mm. I've learned that in my life, that it's the fear of the fear that it's the hardest. Once you get past that fear, it's really not as bad as you think it's going to be. And, and it's such a gift because it allows you to move to the next level. I use the metaphor of the eagle because when a, when a big storm happens, like a hurricane All the birds leave, but the eagles fly straight into it because the winds from the from the hurricane will actually raise the eagle up because they ride on those the 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 the, those winds. And so it picks up the eagle and it hovers above the storm. And I love that metaphor because it's that going straight into it and then you raise above and then you become that new person.
1: Wow, that's powerful. And it's so true. I love what you said. I love the, the, with the Eagle. And when you talked about the fear, it's the fear of the fear. It, exactly. It's, and it's not, and actually when you go through it, it's like, wow, why did I fear walking on, you know, coals or whatever that may be, you know, somebody could be afraid of water or we afraid of speaking or whatever that when they actually do it, it's not as bad as it's just the fear itself. What was like, I mean, in your case, you did describe, Lisa, like what you did, like, you know, something just clicked, you know, you had that melt, you know, you had a little bit of a meltdown in the beginning, but you somehow by the end, I mean, you went through it, you know, you just embraced that challenge. You embraced the process and allowed the the results to be a byproduct of that. Would you encourage that? like if people are think are looking to make change instead of expecting and tying themselves like you said you said it in the second segment emotionally to something that they just learn to trust the process of controlling what they can and then let that let the results be a byproduct of that.
2: Well, easier said than done. Right? Easier
1: said and done. Yes. <laughs> I understand. I, it's I, not I, like, I'm it's, the, like a, it's you know cut and dry like that. But yeah.
2: I am the first to say that I've had many, many days of tears and fear and stress, anxiety, and depression. It's brought me to to who I am today. One of the things that I want to leave people with is that we have something in our, our our brains, our bodies called the autonomic nervous system. It's a filter that protects us. And what that does is we get bombarded by millions of bits of information every moment. We don't have the capacity to process that. So it acts like a filter. And the filter is based on our belief system. It's why when we buy a car... And suddenly we see that car everywhere. And, and so this is our filter of how we see the world. And when we are in that state of fight or flight, the, the blood leaves our brain, goes out to our extremities, and now we're in fight or flight. Our brain, our conscious mind will grab onto the first belief that makes someone feel safe. And the problem with that is Not everything that makes sense is true and not everything that's true makes sense. Yeah. And so it's one of those things that we have to evaluate our belief systems because if they come, if they came to us to make us feel safe, well, does this really make sense? is this is this belief system bringing me joy? And one of the things that I always say to people, how do you know it's your truth? When it's easy and effortless, when you feel joy, when you're doing something and and your purpose most likely is not your job. Your job may be supporting you to allow you to do to live your purpose. People who rescue animals. It's not a lucrative field, but it's a passionate one. And so you have your job that supports your passion. Yeah. I I am very lucky, and I know you are that you have the opportunity to to live your passion and to do it every day. There's no separation in that. But not everyone has that opportunity.
1: Yeah. Well, Lisa, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart and everybody here at Sustainable Success and Voice America for taking the time to be here i would love the audience to get to know you how can they reach out to you anything that you're you know you're up to that's coming up to let them know anything you like to offer them
2: oh i'm doing a lot of podcasts so i don't even have the list
1: out but about you, your podcast
2: yeah keep going just listen to this one this is the most important one uh, it, uh you can reach me through peak my website peakperformancemindsetcoaching.com and I love talking to people. I spend, I do free 20 minute conversations with people. I love finding out about people. You can reach me at Lisa at peakperformancemindsetcoaching.com. You can also, uh, if you want to read the book, it's available on Amazon in Every Belief is a Lie. The Kindle version is only 99 cents. And if you like the book, By the way, the cover is beautiful. My friend, Barry Fisher, did the photography for it. She made me cry when I saw it. Uh, If you like the book, please leave a review. It helps the book get into more hands and help more people. So I really appreciate that.
1: Well, Lisa, thank you so much again for being here. And we can't thank you enough. And wishing you all the success in, in everything that you're doing, bringing to the world through your experience and all the time you've spent in this particular area. We want to thank you listeners each and every week joining us here the sustainable success way. We also want to thank alumni direct for sponsoring the show each and every week. And we want to let everybody know that again, you can listen to this show and we encourage you to listen to the show in, in its entirety here later today at the voice American influencers channel or on our Facebook page at sustainable success, 2017 or Apple podcast till then, everybody have a great rest of your week and we will see you next Thursday at 12 o'clock East Coast time, 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Have a great day.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Sustainable Success. Be sure to join Chris Salem and his guests every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and 12 noon Eastern time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Have an incredible week.